This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by a couple of former United players to talk over uh, the last few weeks at Manchester United. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. If you're watching live on Twitter, on the stream on Twitter, if you put your comments in a tweet to me and I'll, I'll read them out. If you're watching on the replay, say hello and come. We do uh, reply to the comments you get. And if you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. As you can see, I'm joined by Phil Marsh, who's been with me throughout the start of the season. How are you doing, Phil? You all right? Yeah, all good, Wayne. Um, good to be back on. Obviously, nice to see Lee for a change after a few weeks off, shall we say. Um, but no, good. Uh, obviously couple of good signings there towards the end of the window, which has, uh, you know, made it a little bit more bearable probably for United fans. Um, and, yeah, hoping that they can, you know, fit straight in and, and sort of improve the depth of the squad, which was obviously lacking. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to uh, the Arsenal game at the weekend and then hopefully a couple of weeks break so that some of the players who have got knocks and injuries can maybe have a bit of uh, time to recuperate. Yeah. And um, Lee, um... Like like Phil says, Lee is here, and like, yeah, I was gonna build you up as a an emergency deadline day signing, but um, he, you're never leaving, so you you know you don't have a choice in that. You're contracted for life, unfortunately, so you're not signed. <laughs> um, you've just been missing for a bit. Um, how have you been, mate? Right? I've been fine, mate. It feels like the uh, the season's starting for me this weekend. If I'm being honest, um, absolutely hectic summer up to now. Um, with the kids, uh, my lads are gymnasts, my girls does horse riding. They've literally took up every spare bit of minute. And then we, I went looking, uh, I went on holiday to Perpignan, believe it or not, watching a different sport and watching Wigan rugby play Catalan. Uh, and totally off the, the subject of what we normally talk about. But I would advise anyone, whether you like rugby or you don't like rugby, the atmosphere, what uh, my experience there was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, it's definitely one to put on your bucket list. But like I say, it's, it's great to be back and uh, getting back into the routine. And hopefully, like I say, my season starts now watching it and uh, looking forward to analysing uh, the rest of the season with you guys. Yeah, uh, Paddy Barkley told me about a year ago, he said his advice to me was, if you ever want to travel, go to France or go somewhere in Europe and watch a game of rugby. Man, um, unbelievable. The atmosphere, um, I mean... I was in the Wigan end, obviously, being from Wigan myself and being a Wigan rugby supporter. But the actual day and the the interaction between the fans and and the atmosphere at the ground, it, it was superb, mate. It, it was brilliant. Nice. Um, Robbie says, 
good to see the band back together. All doing well. But what he's saying is good to have Lee back on because we've been boring for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, Chris Johnson says, I'm about to go to signing. I'll be there at Brighton game by the tunnel as well. Can't wait. Yeah, let's um, get into that because it has been an eventful transfer window and a very eventful deadline day. Um, as it stands, Bayern Day, um, the goalkeeper, Regulon, the left-back, Johnny Evans, the centre-back, have all been confirmed. Um, Regulon on loan and the other two permanent signings, Evans on a one-year deal. And the fourth name, which hasn't been confirmed, but the deal has been agreed, is Amrabat from Florentino, the midfielder we've tracked all the windows. So he's been the one who has been constantly linked. The other three somewhat surprises of the last uh, week, shall I say. Um, Lee, I'll, I'll come to you first, considering that you've had so much time off. Um, I, and not really about the, the earlier signings in the summer. I want your reaction to, to what's happened today, um, the players that have come in. Obviously, United were needing some players. They needed to sort of bolster the squad because of the injuries that they've got at the moment. Never ideal to start a season like that. What do you make of um, what's going on today? Um, I'm absolutely over the moon if we get well. I think we have got I'm about over the line now, whether it be a loan signing or whether we're signing you know on a permit, it's gonna look like it's gonna be a loan, um, with a chance to buy at the end of it. Um I've been calling for his name, you know, since last season. Um I think he's he's an exceptional player. Um it's one of them where I hope to God he can do it in the Premier League because if you watched him at the World Cup, he was he was immense, you know, he he it's it, he will bolster our defensive midfield with Casemiro no ends. Um, so I'm absolutely over the moon we've signed him. But I think it's uh, we come to sign a better player at this moment in time for what we need. Um, the regular one, um, I, I, I get it as you know it's not costing us too much money. Um, it's kind of an emergency at, at left back at the minute because obviously we've got uh, Malassia out and we've got Luke Shaw out now for quite a number of weeks. Um, a bit disappointed that we're not seeing so much of the young lad at left back. Is it Fernand? Is it Fernandez, um, yeah. the twenty-year-old lad? Um, I would have liked to have seen him give him a chance, but then you've got to look at it on the flip side. You know, if we if we play Dallow and give him a you know give him a chance, and Dallow gets injured at left back, then he's he's going to have to be our main left back for the rest of the season, which is going to be probably a little bit unfair on a twenty-year-old lad with very little experience. Um, but I think hopefully he'll get a few more a few more chances with Egelon now. I can't see Regulon playing every match. Um is 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 a for me is a, a good a good emergency panic buy if you will. Um it's we, we yeah. needed we needed something there um uh, just to give the squad the numbers a bolster and I think that's what it's gonna do. Um for the rest of it, Johnny Evans, my old old teammate of mine. Uh, so we've got Tommy and back there and Johnny Evans. Uh, it's nice to see. Uh, I think he's probably got side more for the, um, you know, for the young lads. And you know, he's, look at you just have to have a quick look at what he's won throughout his career. Uh, he's won the FA Cup. He's won the, you know, the Champions League. Um, he's won the Premier League. Is it two, three times? Three times he's won the Premier League. Um, you know, he's he's got an abundance of uh, knowledge and experience there, which he can carry through not just for the first team but also the young lads. Um, so I don't think it's a bad signing whatsoever. Um, yeah. Hoyland, I'm really looking forward to, to, to seeing him play. I uh, didn't know so much about him before he's come over. And I know this is he's been done a done deal for a while now, but hopefully he's gonna get he's gonna get minutes um on Sunday, whether it be from the start. I'd love him to start. Um I, I'm not a big believer of, you know, let's 
fade him in. Let's 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 put him in in phases. For me, if he's good enough, he starts. I'd love to see him start up front with Rashford on the left. I'm sure we'll get into that later on. Um, again, Anana, love great signing, great goalkeeper. Um, to be honest, I thought De Gea um, was brilliant. He's been immense, you know, as, as since he's since he's been at the club, really, you know. But he he was fading towards the end, and he probably needed freshening up a bit. And Anana is uh, for me is is he's not put much wrong since he's, he's started. And yeah, I think it's it's not been a bad little window for us. Um, I just don't want people to expect too much too soon. Especially, like I said, the Mason Mount. I've seen a load of people saying about Mount at the minute that he's, he's a bad signing and he's, yeah, he's, he's not set the world on fire. But um, I've just wrote something down here that I think he won player of the season twice at Chelsea. So he's, he, can't be a, he can't be a bad player, can he? You know what I mean? So um, we've just yeah. got to give him his time and, and see how we go. But as a window, I'm quite happy with it, yeah, Wayne? Yeah, I think we've talked about Mount before. I don't think anyone's actually made that point on the pod, and that's a really good point that those kind of awards are generally won by the ones who are appreciated by the fans. You know what I mean? You can see the contribution that they're making. They're not necessarily headline makers. And if United need players in the team or in the squad, it's players like that. So, um, yeah, I'm not... Jury's definitely out on, on Mount for sure. I'm not joining in the criticism for him. Um, Phil, we've obviously talked about the early signings, but the ones today, um, like, like Lee was saying, Amrabat's been one. To be fair, in the World Cup, he was so impressive that I was thinking, you know what, as a squad option, this guy, his energy and his intelligence on the ball seems like if we were looking to sort of progress like with Casemiro and Eriksen, then Amrabat's a really good backup for that. So I'm, I'm glad that he's come, that he looks like he's coming in. The other three um, are obviously reactive to, to the situation that we've got with the squad at the moment. What do you make of, of, of the deadline day drama? Yeah, as I say, I think um, Amrabat is obviously the the main one. I think he was sort of um, a, a big one to get through the door. I think for that midfield, we are obviously lacking in that department, especially with Mount being injured now. Um, for me, he brings in, as you just touched on there, you know, energy. Um, he's got that know-how and, and he is a more defensive-minded player. So I think we are going to need that, especially with, you know, some of the injuries that we've got at the moment. I think we need that player to help Casemiro at times. You know, and, and depending on the, the type of game and who we're playing, we may opt to go with two number sixes. So I think he's a, a great addition to the squad. Um, as we've just touched on there as well, Johnny Evans, obviously another former teammate. I think, as Lee said, you know, he's, he's been brought in, you know, not to play every week and not to be a, a sort of, you know, starting player. But, you know, he's experienced and he's been at the club before. He's won trophies. So to sort of you know, bring that and, and sort of maybe rub off on a few of the younger lads will be brilliant. And, and you know, he's there as, you know, someone who can step in and, and do a job when he's needed. Um, so that that's a, a good addition as well. Um, I think, obviously, the goalkeeper, you know, Henderson's gone to Crystal Palace today. Um, so, you know, the goalkeeper's come in. I think Tom, Tom Eaton's injured at the minute. So we needed, obviously, a, another keeper to, to be available if, uh, you know, anything should happen to Anana. Um, and Regulon, yeah, I think Regulon for me, um, you know, he, I'm not 100% convinced, let's put it that, that way. I think he's, 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 you know, the best of what was available, maybe, um, for, for uh, you know, be looking for a left back. So, you know, I hope that he can come in and do a job on a short term basis. Um, and yeah, we'll just have to see on that one. I think with with him, it's obviously, you know, he's he's you know done okay when he first signed. I think for Tottenham, but then just sort of, 
you know, faded off a little bit and, and sort of, you know, never really found the, the form of, you know, probably what Spurs were expecting. So hopefully, you know, he can come in and settle well. He's played in the Premier League now for a few seasons and you'll know what it's all about. Obviously, it's a different ball game playing for Manchester United. You know, the expectations are going to be there from the get-go. So hopefully he can fit in and settle well. Just wanted to say as well, obviously, the, the young lad, I'm pretty much sure just seeing that he's going on loan to Granada. Um Alvaro Fernandez. Yeah, is he gone? Is it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I seen just before um, we, we came on air. So you know, as as Lee said, you know, it would have been nice for him to maybe you know get a couple of chances. But you know, obviously, if he's going to go on loan, at least then he's he's going to be playing first team football and and you know get maybe a, a season in La Liga under. I'm, I'm surprised. With, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm very surprised without that they've let him go, especially with the squad being thin on that side. Um, yeah, so we've only got regular now. He's an eight and eight left back, and then we're, we're shoehorning a right back into that position, aren't we? So I'm, I'm very surprised yeah. with that. I'll be honest with you. Especially considering Gerardo also went and he was a right back and he was highly tipped and he'd done all, all right on pre season. I, I I actually tweeted that about Fernandez because I thought not so much that you know I want him to get a run of games, but I want to see him given a chance and I felt like you know when you've got a first team player and then you've got a backup in today's squad game all right fair enough but then a squad is there and a youth team is there that you put that third player in and like, like Matt says yeah should have kept Alvaro like look I got a lot of stake for saying that I wanted um I wanted Fernandez to get a chance but it wasn't so much that oh I wanted to get a run of games it was like literally let's see him get a chance like United's history is littered with players who, you know, like stand up, they get the chance when, when at least expecting it. Gary Neville broke through as a right back, and everyone was expecting him to be a centre off. Beckham expected to be a, a right side, a central midfielder. He ended up being a right side of midfielder. Rashford was nowhere near the first team. No one was talking about him breaking through. We've, we've, so we've, when he... Sorry, sorry, Logan. Sorry, we've, we've mentioned it on the past a few times, me and Phil. This is the, the chances and the opportunities you work your, your knackers off for, um, you know, season upon season. So, so I know it sounds bad, but for something like this to happen, so, you know, once you do get your opportunity, you go and take it. And for me, I just feel it's a, it's a shame because this is that lad's opportunity. He's, he's got himself a first-team squad number and got himself in a position where he can challenge for places. It looks like, you know, he would have had a good chance of, of making a... Mm. Making a point of trying to do that this time, they shipped him out on loan. It's a, for me, it's a bit of a, a, a bad decision, really. I think. Me, sorry, just, just sorry, I think as well, like looking at it from obviously a young player's point of view. You know, when you're in that situation and you're seeing that the, there's injuries in the first team, and you know you're running a little bit thin on the ground, and and you maybe you know players looking like the the there could be an opportunity. I think you like you, your eyes are lighting up at that point, thinking, you know, this could be my chance. This could be. You know, an opportunity for me to step in and, and do well, and I think it is a little bit disheartening at times for young players. You know, when obviously at this moment in time, you know they've opted to send him out on loan rather than give him that you know chance maybe to you know make that position his own and bring in you know Regulon, who again a lot of people will have you know question marks over. You know, he's not you know let, let the world light at Tottenham. You know, Tottenham are letting him go. Must be a reason behind that. So. I think as a young player as well, sometimes you can sort of get a little bit downhearted and, and sort of, you know, feel as though, you know, what have I got to do to get an opportunity at times? Because yeah. I, I'd, I'd imagine he's feeling that the club don't, I'd imagine he's feeling that the club don't want him and the club don't think he's good. Yeah. Enough. Because like I say, it's the perfect opportunity for well, him to, yeah. to showcase himself and if they yeah. find yeah. out. 
there's not going to be many more opportunities or chances where it's a better chance for him to, to step in and, and play. And if they're not going to do it at this point, he must be thinking in his own mind, like, when when is my chance going to be? So just thought I'd make that point quickly. Yeah, I get it. And it's like a few people have said, oh, well, it must be reflective of, you know, 10 hours, please him every day, can't trust him. Then, uh, yeah, all right. I get that. I understand it. But I think the point is to do with the fact that he hasn't even been given a chance. And it isn't, like we've said, it's an emergency situation. And I look back at um, two cases I'm going to make. Darmian, you know, he played 90-odd games for us. But I remember he, you know, he was given chances at both fullback positions. Are you telling me that there wasn't a young player like Varela who was breaking through? Both the Jackson, these guys not have been given more games rather than Darmian, you know, 15 million pounds. And I, I liked him, it was tidy, but it was largely forgettable. And it was a roadblock to a young player coming through. And he never really, like, it's the same way that um, Tellez, in a way, do you know, like, yeah, all right, there were some good moments in there and there were moments of quality. But could you tell me that that's the United career that you wouldn't have rather have seen a kid being given more chances? It's all right, you know. Fernandez might sink or he might swim. Do you know you just don't know? And that's the point. You don't know. I, I, this is the larger point I want to make with this because Anderson's gone, as we know. Charlie McNeil, who, who looked like he might be a good prospect, he's another one who's out on loan. A couple of other senior players, notably Maguire and Matane, sticking around by the looks of it. Um, whether or not that's through their own desire to stay or a lack of a lack of a bidder. But I look at United, and I don't want to be pessimistic. Uh, I, I think it's probably a little bit of the, the panic of the deadline day and the way that everything's rushed about. I look at the injury squad, and yeah, all right, nobody can do anything about that, but Sean Malassia, Varane, Sean Varane are known to have injury problems in the past. And I look at the transfers that we've made today in particular, it looks like United are supplementing the squad rather than improving it. And it's difficult then when you paint that picture over the summer where have we really improved? And I don't want to be too pessimistic, but we're looking at a league where, at the moment, yeah, all right, I don't think it's competitive in terms of winning the thing, because I think that's going to be City. But from Arsenal down to seventh, there's second to seventh, well, that is the competitive, competitive area. In United, we, all right, we're finishing the top four, but we're like, we're not guaranteed that position um, this time round. I just look at where we are. I, you know, we lost De Gea, we brought in Anana. He's a good replacement for it. Is he a massive upgrade? I'm not sure. Is Hoyland a massive upgrade? There's a lot of pressure on him to come in and do something. Is, is Mount a massive upgrade in terms of quality on Ericsson? I know Ericsson runs out of steam, but in terms of quality, not a massive upgrade. Are these the players, what I'm saying is, they're good squad players that con should consolidate a Champions League space. Are they good enough to challenge to Arsenal for second? Are they good enough to challenge for first? I don't know if we've improved on, on those, you know what I mean? And it, that's a lot of money that we've spent to not really improve. And I'm not trying I'm trying not to be too pessimistic. And I, maybe I am just reacting to the pack a little bit of the of the day. But I'm just thinking we've, we're gonna sign six or seven players, supplemented the squad, fattened it out a little bit, let a few players go. And I don't really see yeah. Much improvement. I don't see where we are. For, I'm being too pessimistic, Phil. No, no. I, I, I just, just to, I don't. I totally agree with you, Wayne. I think, as you've said, you know, we have lost a few players, but we've not really signed any marquee players other than potentially looking at Highland to hit the ground running. But as you said, you know, for someone who's not had much of a pre-season, he's never played in England before, and he's going to have a whole heap of pressure on him to come in and, and you know, deliver. You know, can he, can he live up to the bill with that? You know. Is yet to be seen. I think Amrabat is a very good signing, 
other than that, you're right, you know, we've just bolstered the squad and we're, we're sort of, you know, just putting, you know, a bit more depth within the squad and not really adding that quality that's going to take us from being a good side into, you know, an elite side that's challenging on every front, which is where we need to be and where we want to be. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, as you've just said, pessimistic, but, you know, you, you're saying it with a, a lot of sense, really, with what, what what's happened. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, you can even go back to the season before where we signed Sancho and uh, Anthony for a combined fee of around 160 million. And you, you can't tell me that you think either one of them are really, at, at this moment in time, good enough to get a... A starting position on our right, our right wing if we're going to challenge for the title. You know what I mean? It's 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 a it's a madness the amount we've spent um, to still say, well, but, but, you know, a year or two down the line, we're, we're still going to give them a chance. Surely to God, we we should when yeah. we're spending that kind of money, be making sure that we're, we're buying the players which are are going to fit in and uh, are going <laughs> to are going to you know improve us year on year. Yeah, it does point to. Um... A situation, you know, obviously the financial situation, FP and everything like that. Now, obviously, feeling the squeeze, it's very difficult to see how the ownership structure continues from this point. You know what I mean? Because the pressure is going to be on them if they can't finance signings on on deadline. You know what I mean? If we if we are reacting to injuries, you know what City or Arsenal would be like. They would react and they would sign a top quality player. You know, we've signed a player who's not going to be good enough to challenge Shaw. When when Shaw needs the motivation, and I'm convinced that Shaw, you know what I mean. We probably need to improve on Shaw. This that's the point is that all these players that we're looking at, they are good enough to challenge the players that we've got, but they're not good enough to improve on the players that we've got. Like last season, we made a couple of statement signings. Like Anthony could still be that statement signing. All right, Casemiro obviously is in the middle, and Ericsson walked into it. But in terms of quality after that, and Martinez obviously is a quality in the middle. But other than that, it's all very much. Um, we don't like we're progressing. It looks like we've bought to stand still, and if we're standing still, like I said, we've got a very high risk of going back backwards in this situation. Um, lads, I, I didn't and I haven't talked about Greenwood um, Greenwood situation over, and I really want to open the comments up to this. I just want to give you guys um, both the right of. Um, a very right, not very brief, right reply basically on the things that have happened. Mason Greenwood obviously l- looks like is uh, the contract, uh, the, the sorry, the contract, the, the statement that was announced last week about you know that he's not expected that he's going to play for the club again, worded in a way that some people have taken that the wrong way and you know suggested that he might. I think it's firm enough to say that he's not going to play for us again. Rumors today that he might even move to Italy, but I, I think. Um, as far as anyone's concerned, it's the end of his relationship with United. They're just sorting that out. Um, Lee, I'll come to you first. I don't obviously don't want to get into the um, ins and outs of everything over the last year and a half. Do you think that United have made the right decision? I think it's the only decision they could make, Wayne, if I'm being honest. Um, we touched on this, God, when it first happened, I think, and we've not really spoken about it since. Uh, and I remember going way back when me and Phil was on about it. Um, I think it was to your good self that when we was when we was younger and when we was um you know trying to trying to make it into the, the you know the first of all the 17s then the 19s and the reserves and pushing for a place in the first team your sole focus at that moment in time was uh was football you had nothing else to focus on um you know you you, you did your best day in day out um you know we, we was earning half decent money but it was only money what you know you, what would get you by 
I think what what's happened with not just Mason um, Mason Greenwood, but the the vast majority of young footballers this day and age, you get given miles too much, miles too soon. Um, the superstars before they've made it, they're not used to be being told no in any situation. Uh, they're used to people, you know, pussyfooting around them and everything. Yes, 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 and it's Mason Greenwood or it's whoever we've got to do as they say, um, and they get used to that kind of lifestyle. Um, it doesn't do them any good. Um, no good whatsoever, which it obviously proves. I know he's been, you know, by by the letter of the law, he's, he's not guilty. Um, but the evidence, what was there, um, being at a club like Man United, also, you've got to look at it the way that we're pushing the women's game now too. Um, you know, it's for me, there was no other conclusion really but to, to, to let him go. And it's a shame because he's a terrific talent. Um, from a footballer's point of view and from a, you know, a United supporter, it, regardless of what he's done, if he wouldn't have done that, you, you know, it, it probably, you, you wouldn't have signed Highland. Highland, sorry, it'd be probably starting as your number nine now um, and banging in goals and, you know, the fans loving him. He's made a mistake. We all make mistakes. Hopefully he learns from it. He's young enough. Um, and it seems that he, uh, with, with his statements, uh, that, you know, he's, he's going to hopefully learn from what he's done, um, become a better man for it. Um but yeah, as a, as a decision from from the club, I, I I couldn't see any other outcome really, to be honest. Um, Phil, there's some people unhappy with the way that it was handled. I don't want to really go into that either. But um, eventually, they made the decision that, like Lee says, felt like the only one that they could make. Is, is it one that you agree with? Yeah, totally agree. I think Lee's probably you know put it in a nutshell there with with the way I feel about it as well. I think. Um, I think the there wouldn't have been um, a, a way that he could have got back into the team without you know ruffling too many feathers and the animosity around it and and probably what it would have been like on a match day would have been you know it just it just wouldn't have uh, worked. So I think they've obviously come to the right decision. Um, you know, as as somebody myself who's got two young daughters, I think you know with the way he's behaved and you know everyone's seen the footage and the videos i think regardless of him you know being not guilty um you know as it came out i think that there's too many things that have, have happened and publicly been seen for him to to sort of recover and, and come back which is a shame because we all knew you know how good of a player was and and you know the talent that he's got and you know i think he would have been perfect for us at this moment in time now if he was you know fully fit and, and he would have been someone who you know would would probably be you know the future of the football club so it, it is such a shame obviously what what's happened but as lee said you know he's made a mistake the, the players these days get a lot um you know financially and you know as as you say you, you've got to you know keep you keep your mind focused and tunnel vision on the football there's, there's too many distractions and Obviously, he's he's made a huge mistake, and obviously you have to live with that and you know face the consequences. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I did see obviously he was linked with Lazio, and um, but I think that didn't happen. The, the the Italian transfer window shut now, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see you know whether he can you know knuckle down and and you know just try and get himself back into a a, a sort of mindset of you know proving people wrong and, and trying to do all he can to, to to show that he is you know improving and becoming a better person and and becoming the footballer that he, he you know can be and um, we'll, we'll just have to see on that and see what happens yeah. um 
I think you're right about the Italian transfer window. Um, I, I did see that they were possibly talking about a free transfer, and I don't know if um, if that changes things, not as a direct um, transfer between clubs, but if they contract, if they cancel these contracts, so he can sign somewhere else, that might be um, that might be the case. Um, Matthew says Mason Greenwood tough decision, but the right one. Hope he gets the help he needs. United should help him, and, and United are going to buy all accounts and the alleged victim. Um, that's it. I, I did want, you know, we've not shoot the subject by any means, but I never felt it was responsible to talk about it before before a verdict was reached from the club. And um, I just wanted to give the guys an opportunity to uh, put their thoughts on record. I'm not going to be talking about it anymore. Uh, let's talk about something. Um, well, we're going to preview Arsenal in a moment, but let's talk about Forest last week. Good week. Two goals down in four minutes. And you know what? I was sat there and I was thinking, this is probably, in terms of how sluggish I had started the season, it's probably the best thing that could have happened to them to sort of get them out of the slumber because that could very much have been a game that United won one little sleepwalking like they, they've been doing. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For the first few games of the season, so it's something that sort of jogged them out of the system at least. Having said that, 86 minutes to score three goals against Nottingham Forest, and they were down to 10 men, and they were kind of just sort of not giving it away, but there was a 20-minute period where they were, like, really open. And then to finish the game against 10 men, looking like you're hanging on to, to hold the result, um, you know, it was a tricky one. Um, United did win. They won 3-2. It's too much. I don't really want to complain about it too much, Phil. Um we convinced by that. I mean, it's the good thing that they came back and they showed. They definitely showed character to come back, and it was good to see Marcus involved in the goals and Bruno involved in the goals. But overall, I'm still looking at that, thinking, well, I'm not sure if we're out of that funk yet. Yeah, I think to be honest, it was it was a a, a really crazy game. I think obviously, I, I think I tweeted it was probably the worst start to a game I've seen, or one of the worst starts to a game I've seen. I think, you know. To, to concede two goals in the first five minutes um, against this sort of mid-table team um, in the manner that we did was was criminal. I think you know you, you you've you know just started a game. There's no excuses to you know be you know switched off. You should all be buzzing. And I think to concede a goal from our corner, you know, with just a ball that gets lumped out and a flick on, and the, the guy just literally runs through and scores. Um, you know, it, it, it's basic stuff, and then. Obviously, that was bad. And then, you know, a set piece two minutes later and there's a free header on the uh, the six-yard box. So, 
you know, the manager must have been, you know, absolutely beside himself with that. But I have got to say that the reaction after that was was really good. I think, you know, it could have gone two ways. We could have just capitulated and, you know, we could have just, you know, felt sorry for ourselves and ended up, you know, losing that. I think obviously that does coincide with if we had been playing a, a better team, we probably would have struggled a little bit more than we did. I think, you know, Forrest would have probably, you know, um, tried to sit in at that point and just hold on and try and get a result. I think from that moment, though, I think we started playing a lot better and we was a little bit more on the front foot. I thought Bruno was fantastic. I think Bruno was was brilliant in that game. Um, took the ball by the arms and, and sort of led by example. And it was good to see, obviously, Rashford trying to find that little bit of form. Obviously, he's not started the season as well as he probably would have liked. You know, he's not scored yet, but he, he is sort of, you know, game by game, just sort of easing himself in and, and finding that form that we, we want to see. Um, so, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a good reaction, I thought, as I say. You know, you, you, you've gone from starting the game so bad and, and you know, being, you know, 2-0 down to Nottingham Forest, which is, you know, criminal at home, to then coming away and, and you know, getting yourself in front, but then hanging on at the last, you know, 11 minutes added time, I think it was. Um, so, obviously, at that point, you're just trying to hold on and, and get the win um, and just secure it. But there's still lots to improve on. I think it's just difficult at the moment with, with the way, obviously, we've got a lot of injuries. We've got a centre forward, obviously, you know, I, I think Martial didn't do himself any favours the other night. Um, you know, when he played, I thought he could have done a lot more. Considering he's not really played a lot, I thought he would have been chomping at the bit. And, you know, he had an opportunity there to maybe, you know, say, I'm, I'm here and, you know, he, he could have took that chance with, with Hoyland still not 100% match fit. But, yeah, it's a difficult one. I think at the minute we're trying to sort of fit square pegs in round holes. Obviously, Rashford's not been happy with playing centrally. You know, he is far better off the left. I think we all agree on that. Um, so he's sort of had a bit of a, you know, spat his dummy out the other night when he got brought off against Tottenham because he, he he wanted to play on the left. Um, I think Sancho potentially could have got another in the number nine position, which he didn't get. Um, so, he, you know, there is options, but it's not really... You know something that you, you're looking at, and you, you're fully convinced that that's the team that's going to go out and and everything's going to, you know, work fluidly, and we're going to go out and get a result. I think at this moment in time, where we're at, we've got a squad of players where there's two or three positions which is, you know, we've not got either the quality that's needed to to be confident and to 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 get what we expect as a Man United supporter, or we're having to put players in different positions to accommodate for other people, you know, being injured or not fit or whatever it is. So I think once we do get everyone back fit and everyone's, you know, singing off the same hymn sheet, you're building up your relationships with your players. And like we did last season with the back four, I think we'll see far better performances. I think up until that point now, we are just going to have to wing it a little bit and just try and grind out results and see how, how it goes. Cause I think with, with the, um, the sort of lack of quality and, and real depth that we have got, um, it is going to be a, a difficult sort of start to the season until until everyone's back and, and firing. Yeah, it's a tricky one, Lee. I remember going back a couple of years ago and United see, uh, talk about the latter days under Oli and the, the time under Ranić. Well, I think with the conversation, all the points that I made a couple of times, United were very good. Well, they seem to have a real good tendency of playing up or playing down to the opposition. 
Whereas, like, they always looked to be on the level of who they were playing against. Like, they could play a good game against a great team. But then when they played against a struggling side, they looked like they were really struggling. And I'm not saying that that's a problem with the United. Obviously, I think they've got a few injuries and they look too rusty, for, for one thing. Um, but you, you know the point I'm making. Against Forest, it looked like they were really, you know, like to struggle to get over the line. And then to be holding on at the end, it, it was a very strange sort of game. It's funny because I wasn't... Um, Freddie went to game, my nephew. Um, if he's watching this, hello. Um, at half-time, he wasn't sitting with me. He was sitting with my wife. I went down to see him at half-time. It's 2-1 to Forest, and he says it's going to be 3-2. And Anana's going to make a world-class save at the end. Now, if an eight-year-old can predict what's going to happen, um, then it's a little bit... I don't know if that's good, if it's good on Freddie's part, or if it's a bit concerning that um, you know you can sort of see how United are going to plod the one out. You know, because you see, you know, they get a penalty, they're forested down to 10 men. You think that United are going to... You know, this is a chance for them to fill the boots, and, you know, they, they've still got the, the good enough players out there to do that and score, like, three or four... Or four or five goals, um, but they really did it. Considering how we played against Forest last season, Forest probably the weakest side that we played, and I know they've got um, they've got a little bit more settlement and they look a little bit better this season. But you know, considering the way that we came back, you're expecting we're going to kick on and really um, put them away, but we didn't do that. Um, uh, what, what did you make of it? Underwhelmed by a final product, or are you sort of are you impressed by the fact that we came back to win? Well, uh, as you well know, Wayne, um, that day I was in the middle of Perpignan with about 35 Wigan rugby supporters um, all drinking in a square um, while I was catching up on MUTV um, with the commentary. And you can imagine in the first couple of minutes the, the expletives what they're getting shouted all around the square. Um, I'm probably not the best to uh, to guide the game because I've uh, I've only caught up with it on highlights. Obviously, I was I was away in France. Um, I agree with more or less everything Phil said, really, um, to the point where it, it looked like an absolutely dreadful start, probably one of the worst starts we've seen for a hell of a long time. Um, but, like I said, to grind a result out um, from there shows that we've still got a bit of team spirit about us. Um, you know, we've got a bit of a bit of get up and go. Um, it's just like you say, I, I totally agree with your point that it looks like when we play teams which we should be putting away week in, week out without any trouble. We drop our levels down to them. Uh, for some strange reason, it seems to be happening uh, a lot. It happened a lot last season. Um, and let's be honest, the start of this season, is what what I've seen has been has been no better, if not if not worse, really. Uh, the Wolves game, we was very, very lucky to get anything out of that. To me, we should have got beat. The Tottenham game, we got what we deserved. And by the by, the looks of what I've seen on the uh, on the replays and what I've heard guys saying on uh, against the Forest game, we were, we were lucky against Forest. Um, we've got two results out of three, um, which is which is only a good thing. It shows that we've got character within the squad, uh, and I totally agree with what Phil says. When we start getting a, a more settled squad who, who play together, I mean, we was on about it earlier about the signings and you know being a little bit pessimistic, but. Hopefully, Amrabat comes in and sets the world on fire, gives Casemiro all the cover he needs, you know, and uh, if them two start firing, what I mean, what a midfield three we've got there in Casemiro, Amrabat, and Fernandez to start off with, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a, that's a fantastic, for me, a fantastic three in midfield. Um, we've got the young lad Ireland up front, and if everything's right about what people are saying about him, you know, that, that he, could, he could get us hopefully potentially 20 goals a season with Rashford on his day on the left, there's no one better. 
So we've got we have got the lads though um, to you know to, to do something again this season. I just think it's a case of getting us all fit, getting us used to playing together. Um, hopefully we we can you know we can we can crack on and start performing more um, like a United side should do when they start building their relationships, when they start playing more more together, more effectively. Yeah. Um, so on to Arsenal and Lee. Um, you know, if we look at the team. Um, Matt makes a good point in the comments. Uh, Casemiro from the system, um, Bruno and Mount is to attacking in our position to hopefully too many times. Hopefully, Amrabat can help control the game. He's not going to be there on Sunday. No, I don't not, think no. they've, got him, they've got him settled in time. And Regalon is he's going to be left back, but Saka's going to love going up against the players. Would you call him a Spurs reserve at this point? I don't even know if he qualifies as that. So it's just. It's just not even a squad player, really, is it? The, at the moment, so, yeah. So I mean, he, and he was on loan as well. So he's going to be really licking his lips at going at that. Arsenal, yeah, right, they drew two two with Fulham last week, but they, you know, they've got a pattern, they've got a rhythm, they've got a settlement in their side, and that's obviously going to be a big advantage against the United team. Don't have that. Varane's going to be out. Oh, Lindelof, all right. So if I'm going to be completely honest, I think when Lindelof played last season, I don't think he. Let anybody down. I think he played just yeah. as well as from when Varane played. So I, I know Varane was part of a, a really good defensive run, but I don't think oh, the point is that I don't think um, I think Lindelof stepped up last season. Uh, but it's still a big ask for him to to play in a game of this nature and, and be as good as, as Varane can naturally be. So you're gonna have two standing defenders, uh, mounts unavailable, a lot on Hoyland's shoulders if he starts. Um, that right-hand side's got to come good because it's been a bit flattering to deceive so far. Rashford, you know, he's had the excuse of playing through the middle and that's why his form's not been good. So put him on the left, he's going to have to really have a good game on Sunday. All these elements are going to have to click into place for United to get a result. And over the last few years, we've had some pretty poor results against Arsenal away. Um, Lee... I, I, again, I, it feels like I'm, this is a really pessimistic podcast. I'm not expecting much from it. I, I think that you know, United, it could be another tough afternoon for us, considering the fact that we've got a bit of a crisis at the moment. And you know what United are like. I don't know if this is the right way to, if if you guys will know what I'm talking about. But when there's a, a bit of a, a low mood, it feels like we're waiting to get a battering off someone just to feel sorry for ourselves. And we haven't had that yet. I know we did against Spurs, but even that wasn't the battering. It was 2-0. It wasn't like the sorry for yourself. You know, United in the past, they'll do a 4 or 5 nil, and it's kind it's of 6, all right. 6 nil against Liverpool and things like that. Yeah, and then, and then that's what it's going to be like for like a, a couple of weeks and there's a little bit of a crisis. And I, I feel like, have we overcome that with the Greenwood and, and Spurs thing? Have we moved on to a, a moment where we... we Recovering from that, I don't know. I feel like the mood is still there at the moment, and um, I don't know. I don't know. Am I being too pessimistically? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I'm, I'm more worried about uh, midfield getting overrun. If I'm being honest with you, I was hoping and praying that if we got Amrabat, it'd be, it'd be over the line um, for Sunday. Um, I, I, I do worry about what I've seen the, the first two games in particular because I watched them. Um, I think the midfield got massively, massively overrun. It looked like we had no legs. Um, now, if Amrabat's not playing, I think the only guy they're going to put in there is going to be Eriksson, who's a phenomenal player, but again, his, his legs are going to let that midfield down. Um, so I think that's where we're going to come unstuck if anywhere. And again, Regulon never played uh, for us, had probably one or two training sessions with us. Um, 
not been playing regular for Tottenham whatsoever. Um, he's like saying he's up against a, a world, world-class player in Saka. Uh, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really, really hard for us to get anything out of the game. Um, but United sometimes do have that tendency to uh, spring a surprise on us. Hopefully, like I say, it's... Uh, it's a surprise in a nice way and not the not the way we're probably all three of us are thinking it's probably going to go where we're going to get hammered. Um, but I do stick by what I said earlier. Once we get everyone fit um, and getting playing and getting used to... Uh, football is all about uh, consistency. I know when I was playing at left-back and uh, I used to play with a lad called Ben Collett and left-wing uh, and we used to... We, you know, you, fought, you form a natural relationship with each other just by the continuity of playing with each other week in, week out and training with each other and knowing your little habits. Um, and, and that's just how football is. So once they start getting that and a settled team and knowing that, you know, the centre-backs start settling and the wingers and the, the full-backs start getting a relationship, hopefully you start seeing that coming out at the minute. It feels like we're at the beginning of the season with all our new signings and, you know, it's it's still going to be touch and go how we, how we go on. But I think we just need to settle. I think we need to settle, get a settled squad get a settled way of play, maybe a settled formation um, and hopefully we can kick on and, and start improving a little bit. But as for as for Saturday, mate, I'm I've gotta be I've got to be honest, I am I am pessimistic about it. Sorry Sunday, not Saturday, Sunday I'm I am pessimistic. Yeah. Um Dave says good evening chaps, great show as always. Um not sure if it's been asked but do we go from Ireland from the start on Sunday. Rusty Holland will still offer more than a clearly our form. Martial Dave, by the way, was representing the, the pod on Talk Sports Social this afternoon. Talk Sport Two Social was on for a good fifteen minutes. He actually predicted a two two um for United and Arsenal. Um Ben Collett. That was a shout there. That was it. So if anyone wants to know the United is from the early part of the 21st century, Cal Ben Collett now, that was a talent. Um, his career was ended by injury as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it there were legal dispute as well? Um, yeah, it was televised. He broke his leg in the FAU Cup semi-final, I think, when we were playing yeah. in the FAU Cup semi-final against Middlesbrough and televised. Uh, the thing is with Ben, without going too, too much into it, he was the uh, ultimate professional. A lot, a lot of these young kids now would would learn a hell of a lot if they uh, if Ben Collett would actually go in and just talk about his career and what he did because when we was young and you know we was into girls and cars and you know it's what happens when you're young. Ben stayed behind week in week out um, practicing his you know his crossing or going on the gym or putting the extra hours in. Um, the coaches and everybody took note of it. Um, obviously, he got a bad injury. But he got a very handsome pay um, due to the fact that Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex, and Gary Neville and other club um, club members went in uh, and stressed what a player he would have been if it weren't for the injury. But the majority of that was down to his it, it, not just his ability on the field, but his actual effort and his uh, you know his, his all roundness off the field. Uh, yeah. Top lock, top lad. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So, Sorry, Phil, go on. You would have known better than just agreeing with Leah. I mean, funny story. I used to, uh, I used to go in the gym sometimes, and I used to see Ben Collett, and he, Leo, Leo probably uh, a testament to this. He used to uh, be doing kick-ups with a tennis ball, just yeah. like in the gym, and I used to think, "What's he doing? Like just doing kick-ups with a tennis ball?" And I, and I used to be like, "Oh, it's good. Like obviously, but what what's he playing at?" And then. You know, when you get a bit older and you look back and you think, you know, while I was probably going playing table tennis or, you know, going dossing about in the gym, like maybe doing a few weights and having a laugh and a joke, 
he's there working on his touch and his control and he's you know as lee said you know you know he, he was probably one of if not the most professional and you know dedicated players that i ever was was around really because you know ev- everything about him in terms of his lifestyle his, his work rate his attitude the foods he ate you know he, he'd always be on you know on time for training so he you know he was definitely someone who I look back and think, you know, wow, some of these young players now, if you had these sort of dedication, um, you know, what what kind of players would be seeing? So yeah, good. I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give a shout out to you to uh, I don't know if if you remember him that well, Phil, who's a little bit my age, Dave Jones. He was another one where oh, you had, he had an absolutely fantastic attitude on and off the field. Uh, obviously, he, had, he made a, a a decent career out the game, David. I think he's a legend yeah, now. Isn't he? Yeah, I think a bit, a bit of coaching yeah. or something at Wrexham, yeah. yeah. Uh, but them two lads, um, I, I mean, I, we we both we all signed at nine years of age. Me, Ben, and, um, and David, and um, I think David might have stayed on till he was twenty-two. Uh, we United, and me and Ben finished at twenty-one. Uh, but if, if any, if they can give any example to any kids these days of how you should conduct yourself in and around our club, them two lads, especially my age, which I'd say. Just follow them, and, and you'll not be far wrong. Yeah, um, I always remember David Jones. I know it was Preston or Wolves, uh, one of the games that he was either on loan or just signed for them. He scored one of those free kicks, but they, they rolled it back to him and he flicked it up and flicked volleyed it, it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great one. Um, yeah, so that was, his, that was his party trick way, and he'd, he'd done that. He did it in training. He did it all the time. His party trick. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I remember that because I remember Di Canio doing it for Celtic and thinking, oh, God, that, that's some skill. And, yeah, I was made up for him when he did that. Um, yeah, Phil, on Arsenal, Dave asks about Hoyland and Andy, uh, evening Andy, will be well, mate. He says, a lot of pressure on Hoyland. A properly run United would have had Kano. Obviously, maybe a good point, but we don't. We've got Hoyland. And do you expect him to start on Sunday? And how do you expect the game to go? I don't know. I think it's a difficult one. Obviously, you know, nobody will know other than himself and probably the management team and the, the fitness people at United how he's feeling and whether he feels like he can, you know, start the game. For me, if he's fit, as Lee said before, you know, you start, you play. If they're, if they're ready to go and the the, the fit and your best players are available, for me, you should be starting them. Um, I'm hopeful that he does start because I think that gives us a better chance of um playing the, the way that we want to play and have someone on the counter-attack who is uh, out and out centre forward a number nine who knows his job and will hopefully be able to to function and fit into that straight away and also that gives us Rashford on the left which is you know a, a massive bonus for us because um we know he plays his best football from the left uh, I think you know speaking as you've just said, I, I am a little bit fearful. And, and the, the biggest factor for me is when I look at both teams, albeit when both fully fit squads are available for both teams, I don't think there's that much in them. However, at the moment, because Arsenal have got a much more settled team who have played together now for, you know, all basically last season, other than a few additions uh, in the transfer window this year, I think they're a, a much more... Uh, settled and functional team at this moment in time. I think they all know the jobs. Arteta's got them well drilled. Um, and also, obviously, off the back of a, a poor result against Fulham, they're going to want to prove a point and, and come back and obviously, you know, show that they, they are um, going to be City's biggest challenges this year. I think they've obviously got the, the best opportunity out of the rest of uh, the, the sort of challenging pack in terms of, you know, quality and and 
um, squad depth uh, at this moment in time. So I am a little bit fearful that we are going to be on the uh, backlash of that. However, I do think if we can um, keep it tight for a little bit in the game, and, and obviously we have got you know game winners in our team, uh, I think you know United can uh, throw a curveball in there every now and again. I think you know a lot of people will be looking at this game as a potential banana skin, and rightly so because Arsenal are a, a really good team, and we haven't started the season well at all. I think all three games that we've played, we haven't really shown you know, a full 90-minute performance that is, you know, getting any fans, you know, on the edge of the seat or optimistic about, you know, what's what's going to happen this season. So, hopefully, this can be the, the game, you know, obviously, it's the biggest game we've had so far. It's going to be the toughest test. Yes, we've got injuries. Yes, we've got players uh, maybe playing in positions that they, they aren't used to or whatever. But I think this is a game where, you know, you show your character, you roll your sleeves up, you, you give everything and you just hope that you can... You know, produce on the day and, and come away from the game with a result. I think a, a good result for us uh, would be it would be a draw. I don't think you know getting a point away at Arsenal would be would be any disgrace. Um, so you know the lads have just got to go out and give everything, and hopefully that can uh, you know get us a positive result. What what, yeah. what what midfield would you play? This is this is a question I'm thinking of constantly because, like I say, I feel like we've been overrun quite a lot in the last the, the first few games. Uh, I play. Yeah. I, play. Well, I, I was just gonna I was just gonna say with with how, how the games have been and it's looking like gonna, gonna no, yeah, I think I'd have to put McTominay in instead of Ericsson if I'm being honest. Only for the pure fact of being away at Arsenal, I think, you know, the way they are and obviously they, they do um have a good midfield trio. I think for us, if we played Ericsson, yeah, you'd say Ericsson's better on the ball. But as you said, you know, his legs are going a little bit and I think the, the high intensity and the energy and the the sort of power that Arsenal possess, I think McTominay would be a, a better option for me, just in terms of giving that little bit of extra cover to the yeah. defence uh, yeah. and leaving people isolated. I think he does that really I, well. I think if, if we're still in the game at 60, 70 minutes with McTominay on, I think that's when you'd be looking at bringing Ericsson on to put a nice rebound ball through. You know, yeah. or, you know what I mean? That's, that's the way I'd go about it, I think. Uh, just a quick one before we close off. Dave's asked about how you both feel about the new extra time rules. Um Obviously, he's referring to how many minutes are added now at the end of each half. He says it's one of the better rule changes, that along with players having to stay off the pitch for 30 seconds if they go down and need physio. Yeah, um, I, I'm not so sure about that last one. and it's, I, I get it, but it winds me up a little bit. Sometimes when I see our players who, you know, if they've been out, like if they've been kicked and they've got to go off the pitch for 30 seconds, I've not enjoyed seeing that. It gives me a little bit of anxiety that, and and I can't say I, I enjoyed staying for an extra ten minutes at the end of the Wolves game, but uh, I was no just going to say it depends whether you're winning or you're losing. If you're losing, it's a great thing. If you're winning, it's it's absolutely terrible. So, <laughs> well, I think the thing is, me and Dave were talking about this, is that it's like it, it creates depending on the tightness of the scoreline. And United have had two tight score lines, and really three because they still had enough time as if they'd scored early on in the period. And the, the point is that it. it Almost creates a mini game in itself, doesn't it? Like we saw it at the World Cup, and I don't know. Do you, are you both for it? You both think it adds to the excitement? I think it adds to the excitement. Yeah, I do think it gives you a little bit more. Um, like I say, if, if, if you even if you're two goals down now, uh, approaching 90 minutes and eight to nine minutes go up on the clock, you still feel like you've got a chance of getting in it. Where previously, you know, you're looking to get four or five minutes and you're thinking, can we really score two goals in four or five minutes? So it does give you that element of excitement and brings that to the game. 
Um, but like you say, if it's a if it's a tight, if we're winning two one on Sunday and he puts ten minutes up, I'd feel like shooting him. <laughs> so it's 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 uh, it's it, 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 all I can say is it probably adds to the excitement of the game a little bit. Cool. No, I agree. I think yeah, there's not much more really to say in it. I think it's one of them. The the uh, added time's always been a bit of a controversial one with you know injuries and the ball going out of play and all stuff like that. I just think, as you say, it adds that little bit more drama towards the end of a game. Bit of um, hope maybe for teams who aren't um, you know in in the ascendancy or aren't you know in a position where they can maybe get a point if there's only a minute or two that go up. Whereas now if it's going to be you know, 10, 12, whatever minutes, at least you've got that little glimmer of hope that you can maybe <coughs> chuck the kitchen sink at it to try and go and get an equaliser or a, you know, a nick a goal or whatever. So, yeah, adds to the drama. I, I, I'm all for it. I love a bit of drama. Um, Dave, obviously, as he says, exactly, adds extra entertainment. As he would say, he does on Monday mornings now, now that he joins me and Paul on the Monday morning pod. So, um, that's a nice segue to end the pod. Dave will be back with me on Monday with Paul, hopefully, to, to review the... the um, well, Dave wants it to be a 2 Well, doesn't want it. He's predicting a 2-2 draw against Arsenal. I am hoping for something a bit better, expecting something a little bit worse. So, um, we'll be back next week to see. Hopefully, I'll be able to drag Lee back onto the podcast as well next Friday to, to review the game. And, you know, Phil's, Phil's the little... Um, Ever present, you know, member of the team, he'll he'll put in a shift, but you know, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm, I'm over my injury now, Wayne. I'm here to stay now. I'm back in the team, back in the starting 11. Over the injury, now. These unpredictable mavericks like Lee Lawrence. You know, we'll <laughs> see if we can get him, unless he gets snared in the last three hours by another, another podcast. It's like early, and he's like Neymar, just as he's little couple of months off a year, you know. Phil, it was a, it was a long season, Phil. I've, I've had to be that's to recuperate. It was a long season. <laughs> yeah. He's back for another one, though. Back for another one. Um, if you've enjoyed the pod, please give us a nice review on on the audio platform you're listening on. And if you've enjoyed it on, on the video platforms, uh, please please feel free to leave a comment. We'll still reply to those. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we're back next week to um, talk about um, the Arsenal game and preview the the week ahead. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.